Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. Tonight, we have the head of the January 6th committee that just dropped 10 new subpoenas on key players in Trump world. The question is... Will any of them say anything worthwhile? How does Representative Benny Thompson expect to get compliance? The DOJ is yet to bring the panel's recommended contempt charge against Steve Bannon for defying the committee. And we don't know how the committee will address Jeffrey Clark's stunt on Friday. You hear what he did. He appeared for his deposition, but he didn't answer any questions. So here's what we do know. There's some big Trump names from the White House in this batch. You got Stephen Miller, Kayleigh McEnany. You got Miller, the senior advisor. He helped prepare Trump's remarks on January 6th and was with Trump at the Stop the Steal rally. McEnany, former press secretary, reportedly with Trump at times while he watched the insurrection unfold. There are eight others. Follows the six subpoenas dropped on Trump world players yesterday. It's a grand total of 35. The GOP, the so-called party of law and order, trying to block this investigation, even though it was a terror attack on our capital. The vice chair of the January 6th committee, Liz Cheney, GOP, called out her own party again tonight. Political leaders who sit silent in the face of these false and dangerous claims are aiding a former president who is at war with the rule of law and the Constitution. This nation needs a Republican Party that is based on truth, that millions of Americans have been tragically misled by former President Trump, who continues to this day, to use language that he knows provoked violence on January 6th. And they know it too. That's the sick part of all this. They're just doing it to play to advantage. You don't really believe that the Republican leadership and all these people who are sitting quiet agree with Trump, do you? And they're not just silent. Many are actively still fueling the big lie that led to the violence because it works for them at the polls. This has become the party of sabotage. We're not fueling or ignoring outright frontal attacks on the Capitol or the democracy. They're undercutting it. They're a party that says nothing when Representative Paul Gozer makes a cartoon depicting himself killing AOC, attacking the president with swords. So now there's pressure from the left, of course, mounting on House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy to take action. He's not going to take any action against Gozer. He may reward it. This is the same guy who changed his story to protect Trump and co. from scrutiny for attacking the Capitol. They're not going to go after one of their own. Only you do that on the left. Sure, you're going to hear from Republican outliers like Adam Kinzinger. He's not even running again. But the big brains like Senator Ted Cruz are smart enough, apparently, to play a stupid game. He'll pretend that Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was saying that roads are racist. It's garbage. Cruz knows it. He knows the truth. He knows that Buttigieg's point is sound, that this infrastructure bill is going to help address racial inequalities and equities in the United States, 
that were echoed in highway designs, roads and bridges that were carved through their communities because they didn't have the will to fight back, to divide white and black neighborhoods. That's the reality. No wonder Cruz and others are against teaching history like this in schools. That's what it's about, helping our kids understand that this was done so that they can never let it happen again. But you don't want people to know the truth if you want to know how to manipulate them. So maybe that's why they don't want it taught in schools, so that Cruz and others can run this BS and create problems where they shouldn't exist. But they're not going to punish any in their ranks. But I'll tell you who they will punish in their ranks if you put country first. But politics doesn't have to be poisonous. You know, this hasn't gotten a lot of attention in the media, and it's a mistake. It's wrong. I wasn't on TV when the infrastructure deal passed, so I'm going to give myself a pass. But if not for the Baker's dozen, the GOP House 13 defectors who voted for the infrastructure bill. Can you believe I'm calling them defectors? But Biden wouldn't have gotten this infrastructure bill passed if it weren't for those 13 Republicans in the House. That should be said. AOC and five others went bad on their own bill. Even Mitch McConnell put politics aside for one fleeting moment today to acknowledge this moment of bipartisanship of doing the work for you. I was delighted that the House finally found a way to pass the infrastructure bill last week, passed on a bipartisan basis, and I think it was the right thing to do. He's right. What do you say when he's wrong? say when he's right. He's right. Now, sadly, this is the exception, not the rule in politics. Will the hunt for answers about January 6th make things better or worse? It's a heavy question. Let's get an answer from the chairman of the January 6th House Select Committee, Congressman Benny Thompson. It's good to have you back on primetime, sir. Thank you for having me, Chris. So tell the audience, please, sir, why these efforts are worth it. We see that with time, people's sense of urgency about January 6th is declining. You still have over 50 percent, well over 50 percent of the population want to see action on this. But it's not what it once was. Why is it worth it? Well, it's worth it because it, it's how we save our democracy. And people really need to know how close we came to losing it all. Uh, and we need to know the people who participated in this effort, how they manipulated the system, and all those people who came uh, to Washington under the, the guise of stopping the steal when really uh, they were pawns in a bigger game to be used uh, and weaponized against the Congress of the United States of America. So that's where we are. And so our job is to plug along, get the facts, uh, understand the rule of law as we get the facts. Uh, we're not denying uh, due process to anybody uh, through our subpoenas. Uh, we are negotiating. Uh, Trump has already sued, as you know, which is his, his how he operates uh, his businesses and other things. Uh, but we are going forward with it. Uh, it's slow. Uh, we've interviewed over 150 witnesses so far. Uh, we have people uh, in Georgia now working, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, uh, in Michigan. Uh, and so... 
uh, the getting the evidence and talking to all the people uh, who participated in this uh, is 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 what we are doing. And so the people we subpoenaed this week, majority of them, uh, was right around Trump. Uh, but do you think Trump's you'll get own- any of them to talk? Um, I know you, well, you, know, you put out big names, Congressman, but you got the DOJ still sleeping on what you sent them about Bannon. And well, you got Jeffrey Clark who showed up but didn't give you any answers. That's right. And, 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 and which, uh, you know, that's their right. But obviously we are pursuing the, the criminal contempt proceedings uh, on Bannon. Uh, we will probably do that on Clark and anybody else who refuses to come before the What if Garland committee. doesn't make a move on Bannon? Well, then, you know, we got a problem. Yep. Uh, we have put the evidence there. Uh, we have done all we can as a committee to force the hands of the individuals. Uh, but we feel very good about it. Uh, we feel we're on sound footing. But the wheels of justice, as you know, sometimes uh, move slow. But we are studied moving. People are steady contacting us. Our tip line uh, is constantly being uh, flooded with individuals saying, this is somebody you need to talk to. Right. Uh, people are volunteering uh, information. So we are collecting the information. Uh, we have several thousand pages of information that we've gotten from other sources. Uh, we've talked to virtually every federal agency about what went on. And we have a, a we're putting the primer together. Uh, I think we have to do it right. Uh, we can't do it in haste. And so the impatience we hear from people, we understand, but we have to get it right. So uh, that's who we are. The uh, reporting from Jonathan Carl from ABC News um, that Mike Pence, the vice president, then had a photographer with him the entire time that he was hiding, capturing images of the entire scenario. have you heard of those photographs? And if so, do you want them and are you trying to get them? Uh, uh, we've heard of them. Uh, we will uh, get the photographs. Uh, we will talk to the security detail uh, that protected the vice president uh, on that uh, afternoon and evening. Uh, no one has talked to them yet. Uh, we have worked out the particulars uh, to talk to them because that's part of our work. Uh, and obviously they did an excellent job, but we need to know what they knew uh, and what they experienced and what they heard so we can tell the truth. So the public will know uh, if those individuals came to do harm to the vice president of the United States, who was a Republican then the public needs to know uh, who, if we can document it, made that happen. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unbelievable that individuals who disagree with you politically would want to have you hurt or unfortunately killed. Normally in America, we settle our differences at the ballot box, but obviously... Uh, Donald Trump uh, would not accept the wishes of the American people. And so he fostered and encouraged 
uh, what occurred on January 6th by inviting people uh, to come to Washington and weaponize those individuals uh, at the Stop the Steal rally to come to the Congress of the United States and attack it. So in full view of American citizens, and so our charter as a committee is to get to the facts and circumstances, and we plan to leave no stone unturned. Uh, we plan to subpoena everyone and use the power of the law to the fullest extent that we can. Uh, some areas are weak, uh, but we still plan to use it as much as we can to get all the information possible. Benny, what do you think gets us out of this period of heightened division, of heightened animus? What will get out of this? We don't allow anybody to be heroic figures anymore. We're about zeros, not heroes. You don't get to stay up long enough to make a real difference. But what do you think gets us out of it? It's about leadership. Uh, You know, anybody can be a jerk. uh, But in order to be a statesman, you have to be a leader. And so what I see is the demonization of the ability to provide real leadership. Uh, That was a time in Washington where Democrats and Republicans uh, went to dinner uh, after votes. Uh, Some went for drinks. Uh, But now, uh, if you're seen uh, eating with a member uh, of the opposite party in in certain instances, you become persona non grata to your own party. Uh, and we are a better country than that. So it's about leadership. Uh, it's about uh, the, the Republican and Democratic leadership uh, in this United States deciding that America sets the standard. And the standards should be high. But right now, as you know, uh, based on uh, all all facts, yep. the standards are very low. They and are that's low. Unfortunate. The last thing we have as a claim here is the rule of law. I actually have breaking news that you're going to want to weigh in on. Um, control room. I don't think we should take a break. If we have breaking news, we should go with it right now. Uh, Congressman Benny Thompson, help me out with this. Uh, we just got word that there is a decision on the situation involving uh, President Trump's exercise of privilege. Uh, Trump will lose this round. Federal Judge Tanya uh, Chutkin has ruled that the U.S. House Select Committee should have access to records from his presidency about January 6th. Here's a quote from the holding. The court holds that the public interest lies in permitting, not enjoining, the combined will of the legislative and executive branches to study the events that led to and occurred on January 6th and to consider legislation to prevent such events from ever occurring again. It's a 39-page opinion. Uh, That's the crux. The National Archives is set to begin turning Trump, uh, key Trump White House records, over to the House on Friday. Uh, How big a decision is this for you? What do you believe is to be gained from these documents? Well, it's a big deal. Uh, we have a lot of information we've requested. We're now based on uh, a judge judge's decision that uh, Donald Trump brought the lawsuit. Uh, we fought him in court. Uh, we have the law on our side. And, you know, we are a nation of laws. So if you take your issue to court and lose, uh, 
uh, then you need to, to, to man up and deal with it and not be a spoiled brat. So I look forward uh, to getting this information. I look forward to our investigators going through it uh, with a fine tooth comb to make sure that our government was not weaponized against its citizens. And so we can only do that uh, by getting access to the information. Uh, I applaud our lawyers who defended us uh, in this court uh, uh, setting. Uh, I applaud the expeditious ruling uh, that we got because we have to get to this. Uh, and so you can have your day in court, but there's no guarantee that you'll win even when you're in court. So, Benny, people will say to you, you're not going to change anybody's minds. I know you've heard this from, from people. You know, you're doing this for the Democrats because uh, the Democrats are interested in knowing how this happened. People who voted for Trump, Republicans as they lean Republican, they don't even want the FBI to look into this anymore. You know, I mean, they're barely at 50 percent interest. It's going down every month. You're not going to change minds or do you think you will change minds? Well, we'll get to the facts and we'll present the facts and we'll be able to uh, defend the facts. Uh, right now, it's innuendo, uh, but whatever we produce uh, for the public uh, at the end of our work, uh, we will be able to defend it uh, to the letter. And I think that's important because the public needs to understand uh, how close we came to losing our democracy. Now, people uh, will fight the premise, the Congressman. When you hear it from the, from the center, then all parts to the right will say, oh, come on. Look, people got out of hand. They did things they shouldn't have done. Uh, but this was basically another protest gone awry. Uh, and there were certain rioters, certain bad aspects. But, you know, this was not that different than stuff that the whole left and the media forgave the entire summer before. Do you agree with that assessment? Of course not. But why? Absolutely not. When you threaten to kill the vice president of the United States, when you start uh, looking for uh, the Democratic leadership in the United States House of Representatives by name, uh, we have a serious problem. But the penalties that they're handing out to people so far, Benny, are not impressive. Oh, not impressive at all. I disagree with it. But look, uh, I'm getting going to the facts. Uh, I think uh, the Justice Department should prosecute uh, those individuals who broke into the Capitol uh, to the fullest extent of the law. I think the slaps on the wrist that many of us are getting uh, is an embarrassment. Uh, I know people who write bad checks, who get more longer sentences than this. I know individuals who get caught uh, uh, shoplifting, uh, small items. You know, who people who have done nothing wrong, than, who get longer sentences than this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, that, that is a question. Uh, but again, it's the separation of powers. Uh, we're the legislative body. Uh, we have the judicial, uh, branch, uh, of government. Uh, they have to, uh, manage that. And we have stayed away from dealing, uh, with the Justice Department. We kept the firewall up. Uh, we presented the evidence on Steve Bannon. It's our hope uh, that the Justice Department uh, will present that information to a grand jury and indict him 
uh, and ultimately have him held accountable uh, for ignoring our subpoena. Uh, we feel very good about it, but it takes time. How much uh, time? Just like it took. I, look, I, I don't have a, a, a crystal ball. You know, that's another aspect of, of, of our system of, of, of justice that we can't influence as members of Congress. Mm, we can only that. present the facts. And, and look, I'm happy that we got a good decision from the judge. It says we are on sound footing by getting this information. And if somebody is hollering this hard and this loud, then I am to assume that undoubtedly you have something to hide. Uh, if we have access to the records, they'll speak for themselves. So we look forward as a committee uh, to getting it, and we'll let the evidence, uh, based on what we, we, we look at, uh, determine uh, guilt or innocence. Well, we both know uh, why the former president went to protect the documents before he went to protect testimony. People can spin. They can agree for good reason or bad reason not to answer questions. Documents can't do any of that. They only say what let they say. You, let me, let me Go ahead. Last word to you, Congressman. Go ahead. If, if, if in the midst of an insurrection, it takes you six times to get the film right, to ask the people to go, wrong, go, to go home, uh, something's wrong with that. I want to see what the other five uh, videos uh, said, uh, that even your own people say, you can't say that. Uh, but, you know, wait, hold on, Congressman, I don't understand what you're talking about. When you say six times, what do you mean six times? Uh, the president, it took him six times for the video to say to the people to go home. He did six takes, you mean? Way. He did six takes. What was wrong uh, with the other five six takes? Well, we want to see what what he said. Uh, we we His own people said to him. That this is not good enough. You're not telling these people to go home. We want the public to know what the president of the United States was saying to citizens of the United States in the midst of an insurrection. We will now have access to those videos because they were filmed uh, by people paid uh, by the taxpayers of this government. And so those records are archived. And so there are a lot of things that have been said and written that we will have access to uh, based on this court decision. Congressman Benny Thompson, thank you very much. The National Archives says on uh, Friday, based on this judge's ruling that just came out now, federal judge Tanya Chutkin, there will be no preliminary injunction uh, on behalf of former President Trump. She will not enjoin or stop the efforts of the National Archives to turn over key White House documents during the Trump administration to the House starting Friday. Uh, he is likely to appeal and to continue asking courts to block the situation. But for now, he lost and the documents are coming through. Our thanks to Congressman Benny Thompson. More breaking news on our watch, this time in the Aaron Rodgers controversy. The NFL just handed down fines. What happened to the Packers? What happened to Rodgers and another player? But what is ultimately going to happen here in terms of what this means for him? He said today that he wanted to own and take full responsibility. Listen to what he said and what he didn't say. And I have a huge star 
who's all about standing up in the face of controversy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, why he is very worried about Rodgers hurting not just sports, but society. Next. news on our watch. Former President Trump is not going to get to block the documents that the National Archives has, including, according to Benny Thompson, uh, the head of the committee, that it took him six tries to satisfy his own staff that he was sending the right message on January 6th to get people to go home. How could a president need that many tries to tell people to go home? So we'll see what were in those other takes. Now, we have more breaking news on another story. CNN just confirmed that the NFL is going to fine Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, and his teammate, Alan Lazard, for violating COVID protocols. But the money here is not going to mean anything to Rodgers. It's less than $15,000. Same fine for his unvaccinated teammate. I don't know what his salary is. They were both cited for going to a Halloween party unvaxxed. But isn't that the least of it? in terms of Roger's deception here. Now, the club's going to have to pay $300,000. But neither of the players is getting benched. They're both going to be able to play. Now, Rogers seems to be shifting his approach in the wake of the controversy. On Friday, Rogers defended his immunized claim. He was asked, are you vaccinated? He said, yes, I am immunized. Okay, he wasn't vaccinated. That is a lie by omission. Okay, it just is. And he defended himself by saying, I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob. Look, wokeness has its challenges. Cancel culture is real and has its challenges. This is not that. He is lying about a material fact for whatever reasons, but not good ones. Now he says he takes full responsibility for his misleading comments. Here's how he says full responsibility. I misled some people about my status, which I take full responsibility of, those comments. But in the end, I have to stay true to who I am and what I'm about. And I stand behind the things that I said. So what does that mean? You stand behind the things you said. The things you said were misleading. You lied about not being vaccinated. So that's what you're about? You're about lying about being vaccinated. NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joins me right now. He is not taking ownership of what he said. He's playing games. He's talking to friendly, uh, you know, centers there who aren't going to question him. And he's kind of getting a pass, no pun intended, 14 grand. So what? He gets to keep playing. Kareem, what do you think about it? Well, I, I think uh, Mr. Rogers really hurt his team. You know, he, he put their livelihood and their lives at risk, as well as the lives of his teammates and their families. And I don't think, uh, you know, by not getting vaccinated and, and going maskless, he uh, has uh, put himself in a position where someone can, could catch the COVID virus from him and uh, give it to someone else, and they might not make it. They might get, uh, they might not make it and, and get killed. This is absolutely a possibility. So, you know, by, by 
having a, a casual attitude about it, it's, it, it's not doing anything good for him or professional sports. He's hurt professional sports by lying. How does, he, how does it go beyond him, in your estimation, other than the possibility, as you put it, that he could get others sick? How do you think it hurts sport? sport well, sports has some serious uh, PR issues, and uh, they're going to have to deal with it. Uh, there are investigations into the Port- Portland Trailblazers general manager, the Phoenix Suns owner. The Raiders cut Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs for reprehensible behavior. Rogers lying and touting bad logic and even worse science, that has added to the damaging perception. So, you know, he, he's hurt a lot of people. And uh, I think that the uh, league did the right thing, at least showing that uh, something has to be done about it. Do you think that you say you think they did the right thing? It's $300,000 against the team, uh, $14,000 against uh, the two players involved, and a warning that if you do it again, it's going to get worse. But isn't the only way to punish a team or a player with playing time? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the, the players are there to play and uh, earn their salaries. And if they're not playing, they're not earning their salaries. But um, I think the real issue was, uh, had, to, had to do with dealing with his lying about it. His lie removed others around him from their choice of being around and unvaccinated, maskless person. You know, do uh, insurance companies endorse lying, such as uh, telling their clients that they can lie on their medical forms? You can't do that. Mm. So, uh, you know, what Mr. Rogers has done has to be reprehended, and uh, hopefully people will get the idea that uh, it's important that we understand what, inoc- what the, uh, <laughs> excuse me, the whole science of inoculation has nothing to do with what uh, Mr. Rogers said. And uh, we have to get to the truth and uh, protect people. And I think that that's uh, what the issue is. And I got to tell you, Kareem, you know, you, you've made as, as, as gigantic as you are personally, but as gigantic as your legacy on the court, your leadership often um, literally has been much longer, even in your time on the court. You've been fighting big fights, standing up, taking scrutiny, sticking by your story and owning things. That is a rare commodity now. And like it or not, Aaron Rodgers and other sporting figures, I saw a thread today about people were talking about who's a good male role model. They were all entertainers. So that's all we have in the society right now and how people like, you know, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or to a lesser extent, an Aaron Rodgers, um, how they represent themselves redounds way outside the level of the game, does it not? It absolutely does. And uh, when the American public understands that you're honest and you, you tell the truth, they can believe you when you endorse a product. Uh, but when you have this type of uh, activity... Uh, they must wonder, you know, what the real facts are, what the real truth is. Well, Kareem, you know I'm a huge fan, uh, but I'm a fan because of what you've done with your life and even what you're standing in favor of uh, right now, because I know you live it yourself. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, thank you very much. As always, a pleasure. Great talking to you. Thank you. So we get the perspective of a phenomenal athlete, right? 
uh, and a real advocate. I don't have to tell you about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know him. So that's on the player side, being that figure. What about the organizational ramifications? A fine of money, but not taking these players off the field. Is that enough? Bob Costas is next. What he thinks this controversy means for the league and really means for society. And was this the right reaction? Next. Breaking news in the Aaron Rodgers situation. The NFL brought fines against Rodgers, another player, and the Packers. Is it enough? Let's discuss with the legend himself, Bob Costas. For context, this just came in as a reminder from my Cajun cousin um, down in Louisiana. You'll know this. Uh, Last season, the Saints lost a sixth-round draft pick for 2022 because they broke COVID protocol. No such penalty here. Just money and no more time um, with Rodgers on the bench. Is that enough? Well, I don't know what the particulars were that they discovered by looking through all the videotape. Uh, What I've read is that they found some minor violations, but not serious infractions beyond um, Rogers not wearing a mask for his. But he lied about being vaccinated. Isn't that an infraction? Yes, 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 he did. Um, I think that that subject has been pretty well covered across the spectrum of sports media and news media. People don't like the fact that he was disingenuous at best and uh, flat out lied by omission, as you put it, at worst. And he's paying a huge price in terms of his reputation for that. But here is a point that I'd like to make, and I don't think it's been made often enough. Very often, in fact, almost always now in the present atmosphere, People retreat to their own favorite narratives and they fit everything that happens into that narrative without making any distinctions. And yet there's one aspect of this where the take should be the same from MSNBC to Fox News and everywhere in between. And that's from the football standpoint. If Aaron Rodgers, not just any player on the team, the quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in league history, one of the single most important players in the league, If Aaron Rodgers had been vaccinated, he almost certainly would have played this past Sunday against Kansas City. He would have been able to prepare and practice and play at full alertness and full preparation against Seattle this coming Sunday. He says he'll play, but he can't set foot in a team facility until the day before the game. The Chiefs beat the Packers 13-7 on Sunday. The Packers scored seven points. If Aaron Rodgers had been there, it's reasonable to assume that the Packers would have won the game. They'd be 8-1. and one. This year, the NFL added a playoff team. Therefore, now, there is only one bye. One. That's how valuable it is. And there is no home field advantage in all the sports that's more significant than Green Bay in January during the playoffs. So we put all that at risk. If he had been vaccinated, it's possible, as we know, to contract, to test positive if you're vaccinated. The symptoms are going to be non-existent or very mild almost always. In fairness, a 37-year-old fit and healthy man like Aaron Rodgers, unvaccinated, also is likely to have, not always, but likely, and in his case, it's obviously true, mild to no symptoms. But the NFL has protocols, protocols not imposed by the league, but jointly agreed upon with the league and the NFL Players Association, the same Players Association that protects 
Aaron Rodgers' rights and the rights of all the other players in the league and all of their benefits. And those protocols would have allowed almost certainly a vaccinated Aaron Rodgers to play. And they almost certainly condemned him to not being able to play this past week and to play under compromised circumstances the following week. That is that right there is the football issue. It's as if Aaron Rodgers were to say, if we're just talking about competition and his obligation to a team that pays him $35 million a year, as reported, and to all of his teammates, it would be as if Aaron Rodgers were to say, you know what? The league says that's an illegal formation. I think that's stupid. I don't think that's an illegal formation. So line up this way, and they're going to penalize them 15 yards every single time. That makes no sense. What if a baseball manager said, I hate the designated hitter rule, and so I'm not going to use a DH. I'm going to put my team at a competitive disadvantage as long as the rule is there. You can say, as some people have, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a hero of personal freedom. That's fine. But if you're just talking about his job and you're just talking about football and what he owes his team and his teammates and the league, I would think that anybody who isn't just retreating to their own to their preferred narratives that looks at this with a clear eye and makes valid distinctions can say that this is a failure. You can't, you cannot defend what he did in a football sense because the rules are there. And, and he, he violated, he put himself in a position where those protocols were going to be imposed on him. He's not the backup tight end. He's not the long snapper. He's the leader and the quarterback of one of the best teams in the league. They just lost a game, and who knows what lies ahead as a result. And I'll tell you what, he does not seem to have big regrets. Um, you know, he says, I stand by what I said. Problem is, uh, what he's standing by doesn't make any sense. But you're right. You know what, Bob? I have not looked at it through that lens. Uh, this made a big difference that he didn't play, especially in the league the way it is now, and yeah. in terms of just momentum, and who knows how his team's going to feel about him. I mean, they've been quiet. It's not like the, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, but who knows what happens when he goes back in the locker room and how they'll feel about this going forward. I appreciate your take. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you, very briefly, Chris, you and I and most people watching do not agree with Aaron Rodgers' general take right. about the vaccines. But what I said about what he did to his team yeah. is undeniable. It is beyond dispute. Yeah. That part cannot be debated. You're absolutely right. And that's got to matter, especially when you're the team leader. Bob Costas, I appreciate the fresh perspective. Thank you. All right, Chris. All right. Thanks so I much. want you to meet someone who's a personal hero, not because of what he's doing now, but because of what he's all about. Uh, he is putting literally his health on the line, if not his life, in the interest of our democracy. You know the Black Eagle? I do. Joe Madison, radio talk show host, is joining us now. He says he will not eat until Congress passes voting rights legislation. I don't like this uh, in terms of his health because we know where it stands in Congress. What this means to him, how far he's willing to go, and why. Next. Joe Madison is a truth speaker. Uh, He goes by the Black Eagle, uh, and he just announced a desperate measure. Listen to this. I have begun this hunger strike, I should say this, in solidarity, let me repeat, in solidarity with all those 
who are calling on Congress and the President of the United States to protect our voting rights. I call it basically starving for voting rights. Just as food is necessary to sustain life, the right to vote is necessary to sustain democracy. Joe Madison joins us now. Brother, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan, you know that. And I respect the passion. You say you're in solidarity. Of course you are. But they're not starving themselves. You are. Um, Why take this kind of step? Well, I'm reminded historically what happened with the Compromise of 1877 when Southern Democrats, basically Dixiecrats, former slaveholders, uh, ended the first Reconstruction uh, Chris, and the first thing they went after was the uh, voting right. And it changed the, 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 this entire country. And it took darn near, what, 60, 70 years to get the 65 Voting Rights Act and the amazing accomplishments to the point that in the last presidential election, particularly African Americans, uh, put Biden in office, helped to put Biden in office, turned, turned a red state, Georgia, blue. And then the very next thing that happened, the very next thing that happened, there were 400 bills passed in 49 states that would suppress that vote. And so I'm, you know, I'm doing this, as I've said to people, I've got four children, five grandchildren, a great grandchild, And I'll be damned if I'm going to sit back here and allow their vote to be suppressed and the world and their world to change the way that it changed our forefathers' world uh, in in the uh, 19th century. Uh, That's why. I mean, you know, look, somebody once told me that, you know, there's a difference between a moment and a movement. And all movements require sacrifice. Uh, and, and, and that's a fact. And so that's been my life. And that's exactly why I am doing this. Look, Biden can, can do something. He, he's going to have to twist arms, but he can do something. Uh, and Lord knows that Manchin and Cinema they've got to decide. Do they want to be on the side of the Eastlands? And, 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 and the uh, Dixiecrats of the 20th century? Or do they want to protect the right to vote? So they've got three choices. They can, they can uh, reconvene and try to pass the John Lewis voting rights bill. I don't think they'll do it. They, they can't even get a debate on it. They can uh, kill or adjust the filibuster. And as you know, Chris, they've adjusted this arcane, Law. Many times. I mean, there's not rule. How many times? Two times, I think. Yeah. For the for the budget and then for Supreme Court justices. And you're telling me that you can't adjust this for something as basic as the franchise, the most precious. John Lewis said the most precious thing we have is that right to 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 vote. And he went to his grave believing that there's no question. But, Joe, look. And I'm not going to belabor this, but I I do really want to keep inviting you back on the show um, because I want to keep attention on the fact that you're doing this. 
because, you know, three weeks is a second in Congress in terms of what it takes them to do. Three weeks not eating. You know, you're you're strong. You're great. Um, but I've gone. Hey, hey, Chris, I've gone three months on a hunger strike. Uh, my, my, you know, my mentor is Dick Gregory and Dick Gregory and I, I did hunger strikes with him. I've been in, as I've always teased people, I've been in some of the best jails in America. I know. And, and so what I'm saying to you, the purpose of a protest is to draw attention. I got it. And I'm, and I'm giving you the attention and I'm going to keep calling every week and I want you to come on so that we can remind people you're doing this. I'm all in um, because I care about you and your legacy and the righteousness of your cause. But I, I hope it ends as soon as possible, okay? We've got the president's attention. We've got members of, of the Senate's attention. And you know, people are asking, well, what can I do? Well, you know what? That's the point. Everybody can do something. I hear and that's you. what has to be done. Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. Sirius XM, I'm, I'm very happy to be a colleague of yours, and thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you, Chris. Love you. All right, God bless. I hope it's a short strike. We'll be right back with the handoff. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country. Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash call me country. Max subscription required.